Last week, I went to see David Aup. Aup, David? You wrote a very outrageous play. The play that I done wrote, which is called Aup Hitler. Writing and producing and acting and marketing, I'm amazed I'm still alive and haven't just spontaneously combusted. Right then, folks. What'll it be? Whoop, 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 whoop. We are back again, everybody. Nice to see you. This is Two Actors Walking to a Bar podcast. You're back for another episode of Scarlet and Dave crapping on about something not particularly interesting except their little uninteresting lives. Good to see you, people. <laughs> Hello, David. <laughs> Scarlet Bryant available for all cartoons and voice actor services. <laughs> even impress myself sometimes honestly that was literally just (laughs) completely fucking random and whatever came out of my tiny little brain that's good you sounded like you should be on some kind of nickelodeon cartoon thanks it was genuine i'm genuinely quite impressed that was a very good voice well i mean you listeners are fucking lucky you get this for free normally people have to pay (laughs) (laughs) That was a thing, like there's a podcast, that a new podcast that Ricky Gervais was doing called Absolutely Mental with him and someone else. And the first episode was free on Spotify and the rest you had to pay for. I was like, fuck that, I'm not mm. paying for a podcast. Wasn't his, wasn't his the first podcast that um, like made lots of money by putting it on Patreon? Uh, that was way before Patreon, but I was think, it? yeah, it was like one of the very early podcasts, him, Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington. And then it was like top of the podcast charts or like it popularised podcasts. Until Joe Rogan or whatever his name is. Joe Rogan? Is that his name? Yeah, but it's just the way you said it. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. All right there, love. Do you want to check out that Joe Rogan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think obviously he's he's American. Though. It's like one of the like, top grossing podcasts to have ever existed. He's something. like the most popular podcast and Spotify paid a it ton of money to make him a Spotify exclusive. Oh, wow. And that'll be us one day. Joe Rogan. <laughs> we can dream, honey. Yeah, there'll be Joe Rogan, Jack Makes Happy Hour, whatever that Danny Dyer podcast is, and two actors walking to a bar. Bosh. <laughs> the top four, baby. <laughs> There's another podcast that I keep seeing pop up. So on Twitter, whenever somebody makes the mistake of tweeting, hey, give us your podcast recommendations and all podcasts jump on it and are like, come listen to us, listen to us, listen to us. Uh, It's gotten us some listeners. Hello, if you're one of those listeners. Sometimes people will say, looking for podcast recommendations and they'll be like, please don't recommend Joe Rogan or Call Me Daddy. And there's a podcast called Call Me Daddy. Ooh, that sounds like, I've never heard of that. And I was like, I, I don't look at it because I feel like my internet search history might go a bit... <laughs> if, I, um, if I do that. <laughs> I have a little, a little story for you, David. Ooh, I do love a story. What is the story in mm. Scarlet Nori? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like that. What's um, the story in Scarlet so... Nori? Wouldn't you like to know? Hey, low. Oh, God. Forgotten how to talk already. It's gone eight o'clock. I don't know where I am. Uh, where is the Scottish accent? Hmm? Oh, what's the story in Scarlet Nori? Wouldn't you like to know? Aye. There we go. Who is it 
speaking of Balamori, actually, I looked at a little uh, thing that came up on Facebook or something. You know, like, where are yeah. they now? For the actors and actresses in Balamori. And Archie, the one that lived in the pink castle. Yeah, that's Miles Jupp. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's on, like, one of the probably most offensive Frankie Boyle's New World Order thing. Like, as a guest. I couldn't believe that. And he was on children's TV. Yeah. Amazing. It is pretty weird that he is... We were brought up by sickos. (laughs) No wonder we are the way we are. (laughs) Mrs. Hooley, to tell us a story, she was... In line of duty or something, maybe? Or maybe it was Taggart. I can't remember now. Balamori. So it's Scarlet Story Time. Oh, sorry, just hit my hit my bottle. Um New section of the sco of the sco Oh my god, what's wrong with Oh fucking hell, it's just put me in front of a mic and I forget to talk. I've only had one beer. I'm back on the beer now, ladies and gentlemen. Um it's Scarlet Story Time, a new section of the show. Take it away, Scarlet. So, I figured I've told nearly everybody this story that I've come into two metres of in the last few days. And I thought, my God, who would laugh at this story? Okay, he's not going to fucking laugh now just because I've said it, but anyway. (laughs) Um, But David, so, I took a little trip to Asda's. You won't care for why, but any of our female listeners might give a shit or a hoot or whatever. Um, okay, yeah, I get they... it. You you can say I'm not going to combust if you mention what it was that you were going to get in Asda's. Oh, it's not. It's not really. It's not rude. Um, so, or even taboo. But then why did you make a point of it like that? Well, saying the just, ladies would you would won't care. be interested. So it's like there's a couple of online brands which do female, mainly female clothing. Oh, clothes, um, called... boring. Don't care. See, fucking told you. <laughs> um, but they've gone into. Asters, they've never sold clothes, I'm pretty sure, like in stores before. But um, the Asders in Haven't, the like hypermarket Walmart E1, uh, it's fucking hooch. They've started selling it. So, anyway, I dragged Liam along for a little shopping trip to Asders and we had to get some groceries anyway. Lucky Liam. So, off we went. There was a load of shit in the clothes, so there was that was a waste of time. But, like I say, we needed. Uh, shopping in anyway and uh oh oh i think i might burp that's a long burp she really she turned her mic off for a long time there <laughs> so um yeah we i we got like halfway through the shop i was like <gasps> desperate for a wee now if i can go without using a public lav i will but honey this was desperate i had had two liters of water before i left the house so i was like liam it's <laughs> over to you darling <laughs> which was a mistake because i did come back to five packets of biscuits but that's very liam and i accept him for the man he is the love of my life the biscuit feeder so um i said to him here take the trolley i'm off so i've gone fast walking because i got scared because they've got sort of those sort of like slippy not slippy floors you know like supermarkets have of course you do you've all fucking been in one um so i'm like fast walking i look like one of those american women that sort of go out with mini dumbbells and walk really fast <laughs> and wear a headband like david's um anyway <laughs> how am i getting insulted in this story this has nothing to do with me 
too good an opportunity. Um, so off I go to the labs and I get in there. I sit myself down. Uh, well, I pulled my pants down and locked the door and everything first, obviously. Um, and then it sounded like an absolute fucking rabble walked in that toilet. Bearing in mind, there was only three cubicles, so you couldn't fit like more than, I don't know, it's like a McDonald's toilet. You can fucking swing a cat if you wanted to. I don't generally swing cats, just to point that out. I don't know what um, McDonald's are like in Portsmouth, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did they just swing felines around in there? <laughs> Shut up. It's Portsmouth. You're so horrible to Portsmouth. And the truth of the matter is, you were born on the outskirts. And I don't even live in fucking Portsmouth. <laughs> I'm not on the island. You're like you're like a Portsmouth racist. There, I'm putting it out there. You cu- There's not no such thing. How do you like that, listeners? <laughs> Any of you from Portsmouth? Hate David. I was born um, in Portsmouth. Well, exactly. So shut your mouth. Well, technically it wasn't on the island, so but it does fall under the postcode of Portsmouth. What, you weren't born in St Mary's? Or was I? Oh, maybe yeah, I was born in St Mary's. Yeah, you were. Yeah, that doesn't Ireland exist anymore, there. does it, St Mary's? Yeah, of course it does. Well, it's Queen Alexander Hospital now. No, there's QA yeah. and there's St Mary's. St Mary's is still in town. QA's like sort of Cosham. Oh, God, I don't know. It was 30 years ago when I was born. I can't remember what happened. Mm. Anyway, continue. A rabble entered, but they couldn't um, swing any cats. Yeah, so I was like, what the fuck is all that noise? Like, And I got a little bit wee shy, you know, because it's like, Christ, what the fuck's going on in it? Um, so somebody plonks them da- themselves down in the stall beside me. Mm-hmm. And now I can hear like young, young, just young people's voices. I wasn't really sure whether they're male or female or what they identified as, but young voices, like pre-ball dropping stage. So what's the equivalent for women pre-ball I'd- dropping? Because women don't have balls to drop. They don't. They don't. So I'm just saying it was either young men or women, and it could have been a fucking woman in her 30s, but without balls, I couldn't tell. And I wasn't going to open the door to see if they had balls or not. So, um... That's getting clipped. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm having a kitten now. What the hell? What? So... You're having a kitten? Not literally. Swinging that round the toilets of McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I make a meow noise? It sounded nothing like a cat. Can you make a cat noise? Let's see. Come on. What? What's happening now? Make a cat noise. (laughs) You sound like Gary from SpongeBob. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Right, mine. I'll I'll have a look. Go. That was rubbish. That was right. Anyway, anyway, moving on swiftly. So, I didn't know what had entered the toilet. Humans. But what they were, I wasn't entirely sure. Then, they're like chatting away. And then they're like, Mum? Asked her a question. She's gone. Hang on a sec or otherwise Mum's going to poo herself. Oh my God. Excusez-moi? You just disclosed that to the rest of the fucking public toilet and i mean only i was in there but nonetheless my chin hit the fucking floor and i anti-backed it afterwards i must say (laughs) um so she says that then then i just couldn't believe what came next that was bad enough she goes right listen to this everyone silence silence this is my poo 
What? And no word of a lie, it sounded like that woman pissed out her asshole. I was in shock. Like, Paul Bird must have had a really bad tum or some sort of IBS or or maybe even worse, maybe something like Crohn's. You can't judge. But she announced that she was about to empty her bowels into the toilet to the entire fucking bathroom. Does nobody have any shame anymore? Obviously not, seeing as you just shared that story to all of our listeners. <laughs> Join us next week for Scarlet Story Time. Who knows what bodily function will get mentioned then? Good God. <laughs> that story went on so many different tangents. I was like, is it going to be about the clothing? Is it going to be the woman said she's going to mm-hmm. need to shit herself? Was it Liam's biscuit addiction? No, no. <laughs> it was some woman's diarrhea in the stall next to you and the fact she brought a bunch of kids or pre-ball dropped men with her. It. And then I obviously had to, because I only needed a wee and once I finally got over the smell and what she just said and not laugh my fucking socks off in there, I wasn't even wearing socks. My sandals. Um, <laughs> Ooh, in a public toilet. <laughs> well i didn't know i needed to would need to go so anyway i have my little wee wee you'll be glad to know and um (laughs) listeners listening in suspense relax (laughs) did she get her wee um so i then obviously have come out of the loo and there are three young boys stood there sort of playing with a soap dispenser and the sink and god knows what else i mean people should just buy toys for their kids but who am I to judge? Um, we've all fallen on hard times. So, <laughs> um, and they all sort of looked at me like, oh shit, there was someone else in here. <laughs> and now the population of our listeners all know about that one woman, her three children, and her very loose bowels. I think the Spotify exclusivity deals in the post. Another one for you, miss. Anything interesting happened to you this week? Um, oh, <laughs> I, I, I had a play on that I wrote. That was about it. Don't know oh, if it... boring. Boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> Last week, people, I went to see David Aup. David Aup? Aup, David Hey up, everybody. Um, <laughs> it was very good. But no, t- it was very good. You, okay, so people... Sorry, that sounded you, so sarcastic. It sounds like you're having some kind of fever dream at the moment. Scarlett came to the stage door in Southampton to see the play that I'd done wrote, which is called Hey Up Hitler, which you may have heard of because I've included the trailer for it in the past two episodes. I don't want to give too much away in case any of you listeners have chosen to buy a ticket and you're off to see it in London in a couple of weeks' time. No, it'll be the, in but, this week. It, by the time this episode comes out, we're going to be in the midst of our run in London. It's this week! Yes! In the future. Um, I love living in the future. If I was just a normal civilian walking <laughs> through... Sorry, the idea of you being a normal civilian made me laugh. Oh, haha, very funny. You wrote a very outrageous play. You're much sicker than I am. There he is getting all uppity about me telling poo stories. You want to hear the fucking shit in that play? (laughs) He is 
dark, dark, mysterious, and sick in the fucking head. Um, anyway, so he said... Uh, Tickets on sale what? now for Eop Hitler at the Bridge House Theatre. Come and Absolutely. see it. Absolutely, you need to go and see it. You need to go and see it. I hope I'm selling it to you. Um, because if you've carried on listening to this podcast, and you know that we're a pair of sickos together, but <laughs> as I said to David, he is the dark horse. He is the one hiding behind the long hair <laughs> and the mystique of being a white middle-class man who... <laughs> votes left um but he uh yeah i i think if i'd have walked past the stage door in southampton seen the uh the artwork for it a up hitler i'd have been like wow that man's name he he should be like voldemort we shouldn't even use the name Mm. in my humble opinion and in most so i mean part of me was sort of thinking to myself hmm i'm glad i can't tell any of my grandparents about this because I don't know that they would respect my decision to go and see a play about Hitler. Especially but, a play where Hitler has relocated to Yorkshire and is yeah, dressed... Yeah, and he didn't die at all. And is dressed head to toe in tweed and speaking with a thick northern accent going, Hey up, mm. Goebbels! Hey up, Hitler! All of that lot. Yeah. Yeah, needless to say, my grandparents were not invited to this production <laughs> that I'm involved in. There's even a bit in the play where they say something about like, hold on a minute, are we romanticising Hitler here? They're not at all, at all. It is all very dark satire. We've mentioned him on the show before, Peter McCrone, who was the lead in Blythe Spirit. He is my Hitler in in this show, Aop Hitler. Even that sounds so wrong. I, it does. Some of the things I say when, like, talking about the show, I'm like, fucking hell. So when you... You say something about say who you voted for didn't doesn't get into power or whatever party politics me and you go oh well he was my prime minister something like that it's like Peter McCrowan was my Hitler it's like <laughs> so wrong so wrong or, or you get a stage version and a film version of a play and you're like oh well I always prefer like I don't know oh he was my Luke Sky my Luke Skywalker or my yeah. Hamlet my something like that yeah yeah yeah. My Hitler. You're a sick, sick <laughs> motherfucker. This episode comes out, we'll be in the midst of our London run. And we've only had nine shows this month, but we're hoping to do more next year. And the theatre in Bristol... Oh, of course, yeah, you don't really want to give away anything. Yeah, the theatre in Bristol want us back because we sold out all of our three nights over there and it went really well. And the audience mm. um, seemed to get what we were trying to do. Again, I don't want to give too much away because it's still early doors, and um, I'm... it's it's so like it's the low sort of the locality thing as well. It's so interesting it, with it being touring as well. Mm. Like, well, that's the thing. You actually, take a step back and think about where it is, and I mean, Bristol could be described as like a bit of a London overflow now because there's a lot of what they call evacuees <laughs> because all pandemic evacuees people moving out of London and to places like Bristol. Well, Bristol is a really because... big city and it is kind yes, of, yeah, it yeah. does remind me a bit yeah. of London in some areas. Uh, it's also more left-leaning in terms of its political yeah. stance, in terms of who yeah. the MPs are, because they're in Labour. But... Not in Labour as in, in Labour, like they're all giving birth. They're Labour, our, <laughs> our left-leaning party, allegedly. <laughs> what a paradox. You're talking about left-leaning audience members perhaps 
they're coming to a show about Hitler. Very interesting. But is it about Hitler? Who knows? Who knows, honeys? You have to go see. Well, the thing is, in Southampton, we had our biggest single night audience. But that's because in Bristol, the capacity was... Well, the capacity for the theatre we went to in Bristol was 48. And we managed to squeeze in 50 at least for each of the nights but that was because people wanted to buy tickets in the door and the staff behind the bar because it's a pub theater were like yeah if you can squeeze them in squeeze them in and we're like all right (laughs) we're not going to argue we'll have some more money out of them again not to give too much away but you could take several lines from aop hitler out of context and just be like, this is the most offensive shit ever. Cancel these fuckers. Cancel culture. And all that yeah. lot. But if you actually watch the play in context, you'll realise that we've put yeah. some thought behind all the yeah. shit that's said in that show. I probably, we've been if talking. If you don't see it in your entirety, you will not understand. I think we should try and explain, uh, or I, I suppose I should, because I am responsible Wrote for it. Wrote the fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, explain what it the play is. It is your first child. It is. Well, I've done a few little things of writing. I was a writer on a literary-inspired web series based on Jane Austen's Mansfield Park. I've written a few short plays. But this is the first full-length play that I've written that's actually made it to the stage. And by full-length, it's only an hour long. So it's a quick one-act play. Grab some drinks before, drink during it, and then drink a lot after it. <laughs> In fact, that is... I'll spoil one of the lines. Like very early on, we say that this play comes with a strong alcohol advisory warning and that we strongly advise the consumption of alcohol before, during and definitely after. Which helps. That's why we have it on late at night because then people go to the bar and get a few drinks down them and then they're a bit more susceptible to, you know, cheer and whoop and ah and stuff like that. Unless your name's me. Oh, who's who else is called me? Uh, <laughs> but I was driving, so... <laughs> So I, I couldn't join in in those fun hilarities. But I'm kind of glad of that because I think, I don't know. I think I was like analysing it all the time, basically, even as it was happening. Mm. And that's what, what I think has made me so appreciative of how clever it was. But I suppose some people are listening and like, what the fuck, Aop Hitler, what? And laughs, but don't laugh and what? Uh, so I'll give a brief rundown of what happened. The idea for this play came about in 2017. I was, it was in my second professional acting gig. I was working with Black Box Theatre Company on a production of the John Godber play Bouncers, which is about, as the title suggests, a load of bouncers based in Yorkshire. They're, you know, working in a nightclub and we're all multi-rolling and stuff like that as like, you know, ladies on a night out, lads on the lash, blah, blah, blah. And randomly, during a break in rehearsal, the conversation got on to Hitler. You know, it's just a conversation starter, isn't it? We were all actors. We hadn't met each other before. It's like, oh, what can we do to break the ice? Hitler. Okay, yeah, what's what's he up to? I think you're alone there. <laughs> Fine, carry on. So somebody mentioned that... Icebreakers <laughs> about Hitler. <laughs> Normally they're like, what do you do for a job? But I mean, I suppose it was a given what you were all doing, so... Let's just go straight to the jugular. Continue. Absolutely. There's no pussyfooting around or anything. So (laughs) one of the actors mentioned, because our play was set in the north of England, uh, that it was rumoured that Hitler had at some point in his life visited the north of England. And I inquired as to where he had gone. And they said Liverpool. And I was like, oh, that's a shame. 
because if it had been Yorkshire, everyone would have greeted him by going, Hey up, Hitler! And that's literally where the idea came from. I was like, that's a good title for a play. And I worked backwards from there. So there's some stimuli for you people. I say I worked backwards from there. But Chris Hawley, friend of the show, he's been on before and directed us. He was directing Bouncers and he said to me that I should write that play. Because we kept coming up with ideas during rehearsals. But we should have been working on the show that we were actually in rehearsals for. Um, Just imagining Hitler... And his cronies, you know, talking in Yorkshire accents and setting up shop in Yorkshire and kind of imagining them in like some kind of slapstick sitcom-esque type thing, like from the 70s or 80s or maybe some kitchen sink drama type setting. And Chris said to me that I should write this play because I'd mentioned that I was trying to get into writing and stuff. But then after the show, after we finished Bouncers... I never wrote anything down because I thought, I can't write this. This is ridiculous. What, a play about Hitler in Yorkshire and a comedy? I I haven't got the capacity to do that. Not at all. Cut to a year later, or just over a year later, Hannah was at a Christmas party, a party that Chris was at, and they got to chatting, and Chris was like, oh, um, so how's Dave getting on with the script for Aop Hitler? And Hannah's like, "Uh, he hasn't written anything for it and Chris was like oh because I've been telling everyone that I know a playwright who's written a play called Aop Hitler so for the past year Chris had been talking me up to everyone that he would bloody listen and I hadn't written a damn thing because I was like there's no way that's gonna happen it's never gonna happen I I, imposter syndrome had really hit me because I'd written a few like full length plays and they'd gone nowhere and I was like what's the point I'm not gonna bother writing something like that it's ridiculous I can't do comedy yada 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 but he'd just been telling everyone and people have been saying to him that's a great title that would do well at fringes that would sell well on name alone blah 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 so I picked up Hannah from this party and when we got home, she said, oh, I bumped into Chris. Oh, how's he doing? Yeah, great. He's been telling everyone you're writing Aop Hitler. And I was like, but I haven't. And then she told me what he'd said. So You felt peer pressured into doing it. <laughs> I literally went, fuck it. Open my laptop and I wrote 15 pages that night. Bear in Fucking mind, hell. those 15 pages are probably... Strike while the iron's hot. Strike while the iron's hot. You realise that you made a bad pun yeah. there. Strike while the iron cross is hot. Ha <laughs> ha! So, listeners, if you want to blackmail <laughs> David McCulloch, then you just tell everyone he's doing something that you want him to do, and apparently he'll just fucking do it. So there you go, people. Hmm. Heard it here first. That sounds really dodgy. I don't like that. He trusts you to make it dodgy, and it's apparently me that's the wrong one. Mm. You chin chin. clearly insinuating shut your head, dodginess. Get your willy out. Ooh, don't get your willy out. What? Chin chin, shut your head. Get your willy out. What the? What? What? Chin chin. You know, like mm, chin chin. No, chin chin is when you're like taking a chinny reckon. No, no, chin chin is like when you're taking a drink, like chin chin, and you take a drink. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I know that, but there's also chinny reckon, isn't there? Oh yeah, chinny chin chin. Like, don't believe you. You, know, you must. Somebody must have stroked their beard at you, and they don't believe what you said. <laughs> Sounds really weird that there's people, someone stroking their beard at me. Chin chin. <laughs> mm, like, I don't believe you. You sh- you must have done. I've heard of not by the hairs on my chinny chin chin. I'm like, you oh, know, well, the, yeah, there's that the pigs well. are telling the wolf to fuck off. 
I think the Get Your Willy Out's maybe been a little like addition by I don't know. I don't know who. The wolf might like that. You never know what the wolf's into. Maybe. Maybe that's maybe. why. I mean, with oh. those big teeth. Oh. Ouch, that's got a smell. Blowing the house down. I'll bet. <gasps> oh, my God. And the curly tails. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that, do you reckon that's true? Or do you reckon it's an old wife's tale? What, the wolf and the three pigs blowing the no. house down? Oh, the pigs no. building the house out of straw, sticks and bricks. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. No, you knob hole. <laughs> I meant that pigs have got curly tails and curly willies, apparently. I haven't seen a pig's willy to know. <laughs> well, I was going to say a pig's appendage. You'd have to literally corkscrew the lady pig on, surely. Christ. If you did have a curly willy. I mean, there's there might be people listening that have got bendy willies and we're really insulting them. Willy insulting sure them? they don't look like... Willy insulting them, did you say? Yeah, well, that's what you said. <laughs> Willy willy insulting them and their curly willies. I wonder if people have tuned into this episode to be like, oh yeah, let's hear from a playwright how he got inspiration for his work and how, and the process of, you know, turning an idea into a script. And now we're on to pig penis. Oh, come on. Most of the fucking <laughs> script was about the fact that Hitler only had one ball. Uh, uh, What's wrong with the pig penis? Most of the script, there were only a few mentions of the one bollock. Right then, mate. After the same again. Hey up, Goebbels. Hey up, Hitler. Hey up, Goering. Hey up, Hitler. Hey up, Himmler. Hey up, Hitler. Hey up, everyone. Hey up, Hitler. Oh, come on, I know you can do better than that. Let's give that another try, shall we? Hey up, everyone. Hey up, Hitler. Performing at the Bridge House Theatre in London from the 21st till the 25th of September, Gamma Ray Theatre presents a hilarious new satirical comedy written by David McCulloch and directed by Chris Hawley. Aop Hitler tells the true story of what happened at the end of World War II, where Hitler and his cronies managed to escape Germany and go into hiding in the last place anyone would think to look, Yorkshire. To book your tickets, go to www.thebridgehousetheatre.co.uk My biggest advice for writers is once you've got a draft of a script done, get a bunch of actors and get them to read it out. Anyone that thinks their first... Anyone that fully believes that their first draft is perfect, that can go out on stage straight away. You are kidding yourself. Um... It might not, it won't be your first draft that goes out on stage. It might be your second, it might be your third, or it might be like me. It might be your 24th when you've had several years to work and refine the script. But yeah, the best thing you can do is get a bunch of actors to read it out because you're hearing it in other people's voices, not just in your head, which is how you've been hearing it as you've written it. So I'm sure most people have heard the advice. It's not the first, it's not you like your first idea that's your best. Mm. It's always your second or third. But in David's case, it's your 24th. So just keep <laughs> going, people. Everyone's got a play in them, just the same as they've all got a book. So we want to hear them. Come on, honey. Yes. Gamma Ray Theatre. Well, that's they the say... thing. Gamma Ray Theatre, that's the company that me and Hannah have um, that we started. Well, we started several years ago and then we decided to date instead. And then when Aop Hitler came mm-hmm. about and Chris didn't want to use his theatre company, Black Box Theatre, because Black Box Theatre is supposed to be a family-friendly company and Aop Hitler isn't. But yes, once Aop Hitler actually started to take form, 
we then were like, well, let's use the theatre company that we came up with before we started dating. And so there you go. And Gamma Ray Theatre was formed for new writing because Hannah and I met at a playwriting event, realised there were loads of plays that, you know, had been written, but there was nowhere for them to go. So a bunch of us decided, let's make a theatre company dedicated to new writing. And then when we all arranged to meet up, nobody bothered to turn up and it was just me and Hannah. So everyone that we met at that event, you missed out on a Nazi play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But Gamma Ray Theatre are interested in hearing more new writing. So... They have an email address. They do. Ping it over to them. And when they have a spare minute, when they're not Hitlering it up, <laughs> they'll be on to you. It's, Especially if it's any good. It's gamma ray theatre at outlook.com. And to our American listeners, that's theatre spelt the proper way, which is R-E at the end, not E-R. See what I mean? <laughs> offensive, he is. Fucking offensive. <laughs> well, there you go. That's been David's life for the first last couple of months. Well, it will be last couple of months. Well, I mean, last couple of fucking years, actually. Well, yeah, it has taken up a long period of my life. I've wanted to write more stuff, but then suddenly Adolf Hitler's popped up again and I've had to be like, okay, another rewrite or another change here and there and stuff like that. Hmm. But like, it's been it's been a long road because we started production on the show in March 2020. We had a research and development fortnight planned out. First week cracking everything went really well we had it all cast um i didn't want to be in it because i just wanted to write it produce it and just you know give it to actors and directors to sort out and whatnot it was going amazingly we had a weekend off came back the following monday and we had a show everything was there everything was blocked it was like we just need to run it a few times we've got a preview performance the following week bang tidy as the kids say or don't say, I don't Kids know. Kids definitely don't say. <laughs> Bang tidy. Uh, and then some of you might have heard me say March 2020. Ooh, what happened in March 2020? Well, I'll tell you. After that Monday back, the start of our second week, we got home to find out that Boris had made the announcement, not the lockdown announcement, but the announcement of, hey, don't go to clubs, theatres, pubs, bars, and cinemas and all that shit. We're not going to force a lockdown. We're just going to suggest you don't go to these places so that these venues can't be can't claim on insurance and stuff and fuck them over for a week. Uh, and so our preview performance got cancelled. We decided to cancel the rest of the research and development. But we were like, don't worry. We've got some shows booked for May. We're doing Brighton Fringe 2020. COVID will be long gone by then. And you obviously... We're only locked down for three weeks, honey. We'll be yeah, out. Yeah, three weeks. Uh, it'll be fine. Six weeks flatten the curve. Yeah, you all know, obviously, that didn't happen. So everything got cancelled last year. So I've had a year to... Over a year to refine the script, make some changes. A lot of the things that we were doing in 2020 have become very outdated. Jeremy Corbyn had an appearance in the show and there were a lot of references about him. But now he's long gone. I'm sure there's people listening going, Who? So we had to make some changes to the script to make it not so dated. But, you know, it's great because I used that time, year and a bit, to really work on the script and refine it. All perfect. And then in the month leading up to starting rehearsals again in August of this year, we had the Arts Council funding application rejected 
twice, which is great, which meant we could only do it on a profit share basis. And then one of our actors pulled out. And because we were doing it on a profit share basis, turns out not many actors are keen on doing a show that's performing in Bristol, Southampton and London and rehearsing in Hampshire and asking you to sort out your own travel and accommodation. So I thought, okay, fuck it. It'll just be easier if I do it. And then two weeks before the show, before we started rehearsals, we lost another actor who pulled out because he had a film. And this particular actor had a very specific casting that was very difficult to find in such short notice. So I had mere days to rewrite the script so that Hannah could be in it because we couldn't find another actor in such a short space of time. Yet somehow it ended up being funnier. I don't know how that worked. It's a lot of stress. Good God. Writing and producing and acting and marketing. I'm amazed I'm still alive and haven't just spontaneously combusted. He has lots more grey hairs, people. (laughs) How dare you? You can't see them over Zoom. I've hidden them amongst the brown hair I've grown. I've seen it in your armpits in that little tight vest. (laughs) I couldn't be bothered to put a T-shirt on. Just grey hair under your armpit and nothing else. <laughs> not not a single pigmented hair. But it's it's been a long process and a lot has gone wrong along the way with COVID locking us down, two actors dropping out, no Arts Council funding. Thanks very much, the government. I don't know. Yeah, I'd blame them for everything. We satirise them a lot in this. But somehow, against all odds, we've managed to put it on. And that's considering that there were several times I nearly just went, fuck it, pull the plug. We can't do this. It's too much stress and everything. And Mm. it will get to that. It got to that during writing, trying to write the show and thinking, I can't do this. Trying to produce it and thinking, I can't do this. And then everything going wrong. If you've written a show, there's a reason why you started writing it. Stick to it. Honestly, it's worth it. The feeling of when you know we actually got that show on stage and people actually responded well to it there's a possibility that that could never have happened if i'd have listened to my idiot brain and gone yeah fuck it i'll cancel it too much stress i can't be asked you know there was an idea there and people responded to it and obviously a lot of that came from uh my girlfriend hannah who runs gamma ray with me keeping me going and keeping me sane and talking me down metaphorically of course uh and chris our director believing in the idea and saying yeah just you'll be fine just do it just do it just just fucking do it. i've told everyone you're doing it um <laughs> yeah for a sincere moment for a second if you have written something and there's a good idea there if it ever gets to the point where you're like i just want to stop doing it and i want to quit just remember why you came up with the idea in the first place why you thought it would work and stick with it Honestly, it's worth it. Congratulations, Dave. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you coming to see it as well and enjoying it and getting it and stuff like that. You're welcome. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Had it been really good, which I'm glad it was, (laughs) or had it been really poo and I could have taken the piss out of you forever. (laughs) (laughs) That's last orders at the bar, please. Last orders at the bar. Time to wrap up. We've had David's story time. He's been very sincere and very to the point about what you new writer should do. Yes. And I haven't actually said what the play's about at all. I've no. just, well, everybody's heard the trailer, honey, like three times. So yeah, Hitler. It's a true story. Hitler relocates to Yorkshire. 
There you go. It's, it's true as Saint Nicholas coming on his sledge, sitting on your roof and popping down your freaking chimney, boys and girls. Yes. <laughs> this is normally the part of the show we do our famous segment emails, but I can't be asked because I haven't got them open. And I just, oh. the only email I saw recently was another fucking Uber Eats discount for you, Scarlett. This week we're changing it up. So we're having a DM section instead of an email section to finish off Slide the show. into our DMs, baby. Now, currently we have four requests, people. Oh, it's on Instagram. So I recently... The MILF's back. I recently, dis- <laughs> I recently deleted six of the babies. Mostly from the same people and to the same people. Oh, it's in it's in a foreign language. I don't know which one. I'm going to go with Spanish. Ast masturbaciones videos. And then you have a little squirty um, emoji and then a heart eyes. And then mi vagina esta adrento webcam. Uh, and then there's a little video camera and a bikini. Uh, and then we have... Unete al grupo WhatsApp. And then there's a link to the WhatsApp group where presumably you can see somebody's vagina. So, if any of you listeners are... Want to see a vagina? ...have fallen on desperate times, (laughs) head over to the Two Actors podcast Instagram page and we'll forward you on the details, darlings. See you there. We won't be. (laughs) We will absolutely not be sharing what is probably a virus. Be it a computer or a sexually transmitted one. And on that note, it's goodbye from me. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me? That's yes, not how it goes with the two Ronnies. <laughs> no, but we're not the two Ronnies. We're the David and Scarlet, so there's no point in even trying to be that fucking funny. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Say your last bit like you always do. What's that? And I think that's... A what? Oh, I think an that, episode. Oh, I think that's an, epi- I think that's an episode. Jesus, <laughs> is that the catchphrase now for the end? Well, I think so because you say it nearly every fucking week, lovey. Said it nearly every fucking week. <laughs> Just say the words, otherwise the listeners will cry because that's all they come here for. Yeah, there you go. It's an episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what are you two still doing here? Go on, sling your hook. See you later, Davey boy. See you later, Scarlotta. We'd like to give a massive thanks to Rotaries for our soundtrack and to Megan Sickers for our artwork. And an even bigger thanks to all of you choosing to listen to us waffle on. Find us on all social media platforms and make sure to subscribe to us because we're actors. We need validation.